Hello, and welcome to Horror. This is a podcast in which Lee and Adam take their friend Chris on a journey through horror cinema. New episodes are posted every two weeks, and you can follow us at SoundCloud, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Please post any questions with the hashtag AskWelcomeToHorror, and the gang will answer them on the show. Before we begin, two warnings. There will be both swearing and spoilers in abundance, so we recommend that you have watched the movie being discussed first. Thank you for listening. Evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Adam. I'm Chris. Um, and we are fresh out of watching this evening's movie, The Thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's also Chris's birthday today. Yeah. Literally Happy today. Birthday. Yay! Um, what a movie to show you on your birthday. Yes. Also, um, Claire pointed out to me today is the uh, today is also. The day that we went live on Apple Podcasts. Like oh, really? the, the, sorry, the first episode went up on Apple Podcasts. Oh. So may the 14th be with you. Yeah. It's also Bill Paxton's birthday today. It is, yes. It just gets better and better. It does. Yeah. What a fantastic day. Um, okay, so uh, right up top, um, there isn't going to be an Ask Welcome to Horror this week. Um, we've been sent a question by... Uh, long-term friend of mine and fan of the show, uh, Adam, uh, who is a, a fantastic fellow, um, and he sent us a question that once we started chatting about it, we realised that we could easily chat about it for an hour. Um, it's a pretty impressive question. Yeah. It is. It is a very good question. Um, <clears throat> so rather than shortchange him, what we're going to do is uh, we are going to bring Adam in to the episode... Um, and we're going to do it as its own thing, uh, as, as its own episode, sorry. So there isn't an Ask Welcome to Horror this week, but please send us your Ask Welcome to Horror questions. Um, we are eagerly awaiting them mm. with bated breath. Yes. Um, so, before we dive into the main event, um, Adam, what have you been watching in the world of horror? Well... Thanks to you, you lent me Mystery and Imagination. I did. The, uh, uh, 60s TV series. Yes. And, yeah, I watched a couple of episodes of that. I watched Uncle Vanya and the Frankenstein episode with Ian Holm as uh, Victor. I think I told you it was Den and Elliot. I think that no, was... I think Den and Elliot's in another one. Yes, that's where I've got confused, but, yeah. But I realised yeah. the next day, I was like, oh, that's not... But it's someone of equal merit. So. Yeah. And it's very... Um, it's just really good and a lot very close to the originals. They're very good adaptions, much like, say, the Granada Sherlock Holmes or something like that. They've got that feel of being very faithful to the original, like, literature. Hmm. And yeah, that's. 
Um, yeah, just I'm really good. I'm going to plough through more of that as I get a chance. I love the atmosphere of it. It's that 60s black and white, super low budget. Mm. Um, yeah, high tension. Yeah, and it's very like I mean, it's very like the like the sort of just the black and white is really crisp as well, which is yeah. really nice. It's very sort of high contrast. Uh, the other thing that I forgot to mention last time, but I think that was because I was literally <coughs> listening to it before the episode, mm. is I bought a audio adaption by a company called Baffle Gab, mm-hmm. um, called uh, uh, which was an adaption of The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. Oh wow! Which is the original novella that obviously then becomes Hellraiser. Yeah, um, and that was really good. It had Tom Meaton from The Ghoul and Prevenge in it. Uh, Alice Lowe's in it as uh, Kirsty, um, Neve McIntosh, and even Nicholas Vince is in there, who's the guy who played the chattering Cenobite in Hellraiser. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, and that's just really good. And, again, completely faithful to the original story, because obviously, like, when Clive Barker adapted it for the screen, he changed a lot around. I'd forgotten, Kirsty is not... Uh, the daughter in the novel she's in the in the uh, book she is just um a friend of well he's called Rory but he's Larry in the film yeah but yeah and Frank so Tom Meaton is playing Rory and Frank okay. the, the two brothers so Excellent. Yeah. I need to hear did that. you say it's a prequel no no it's it's the what it what it was is that um Clive Barker did the short story of the books of blood and then he did the novella called The Hellbound Heart, he then went on to adapt that into the film Hellraiser. So it's parallel sort of to the story, but mm. it still retains the puzzle box. You've still got Cenobites. Okay. Um, and a lot of the action within the terms of like Julia helping Frank resurrect himself by murdering people and bringing it then back mm. and everything. So all that stuff is in there. Um, but it's sl- but the film is slightly different, and obviously, I mean, really, the the Cenobites are kind of, I mean, they are in Hellraiser. They're kind of incidental, but they just got so part of the image. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to know about Pinhead, whereas Clive Barker, as far as Clive Barker's concerned, Julia was the monster. Yeah, yeah. She was the the key rather than the the Cenobites are sort of. Attendant monsters. We so. might have to watch these. So I have seen one Hellraiser, maybe three. Uh-huh. Hellraiser three, possibly. Well, 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 I, I think, think they're in a nightclub. Yes, that is yeah. the one. Yeah, but if we wa- we watch the original and then I can go through my whole theory of uh, why the later sequels. I've I've come up with a fan theory as to why the later sequels do things differently to the first one. Okay. Mm. And yeah, we go through that. So we will do. I think, and also as the, as per this evening, I have the Arrow Blu-ray. Oh, now I'd like to see and it's that. Pretty, it's pretty damn decent. Yeah. I'd like to point out as well. It isn't a spoiler because it's one of those things that <clears throat> you just spot in the film amongst a million other things. There is an individual from the original Hellraiser in Ready Player One, um, in a very, very minor role, and they appear twice, and the first time, I was like, that person looks vaguely familiar, and when you see them the second time in slightly different lighting, I went, that's definitely them. Um, 
Yeah, there's no reference to it or anything. Okay. They're just a, a very small bit part in it, but I you, you I loved it. it. I oh, loved oh. that nod to it. It was oh, another nice. thing that just made me giggle like a girl in the cinema. Cool. Chris. Mm. Mm. Anything horror or nearly? No, it's been a slow week for horror. <laughs> um, but it often is. But what did I watch? I watched a Simon Amstel stand-up. Oh, yeah. And it was called Numb, and it was basically him talking about almost just how depressed he is. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, he did manage to do it in a funny way, so uh, well done. And yeah, it was, it was quite good. Did you see the thing that Simon Anstel did um, for the BBC, but it was about veganism? Uh, I can't remember what the hell it's no. called for the life of me at the moment, but just from a point of view of... you, I mean, I watched it, I learned a lot of interesting facts, and it's, you know... So he was trying to sell veganism? Well, he's trying or... to sell veganism, but he does it from the point of view of it's set in the future, where veganism is considered the norm Hmm. and it's people looking back at the barbaric practices that used to take place he did have that as part yeah so he had a sort of sketch about that in in it I can't remember what it's called but it is it's really good but mostly it's really good in that black mirror sense of it just feels so right as a possible future Mm. and you've even got things in there where it's like Older people who, when they were children, were fed meat, are in like encounter groups where they're trying to come to terms with the fact that they were carnivores. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I mean, I was prepared to go into it in a sort of fuck you, I'm going to have a bacon sandwich sort of way, but genuinely it's just really fucking good. Okay. So well, sort of thought through and everything and weirdly and it has that sort of black mirror thing like I say it feels really plausible Mm. in terms of tech in terms of people's attitudes even in terms of like how people are dressed do you know what I mean it's not yeah it's not like bako foil and hoverboards and sort of stuff like that it's you know it just feels like an extrapolation of where we could be in I don't know I think it's set sort of like a hundred years hence or whatever Excellent. I might have a look for that. Mm. Yeah, that sounds really I'll, good. I'll Google it and give you the title. But yes. Excellent. Um, so I have. So I went back and rewatched the Ghostbusters remake. Oh, you did? Again. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I felt that, although, like, because I loved the first 10 minutes when I, when I first saw it, I watched 10 minutes, didn't get to watch any more and was so excited to see it. And then when I saw it, I was so disappointed. So I decided. To go back and rewatch it and work out what it was about it specifically that I didn't like, mm. um, and I came to the conclusion that actually I really liked the jokes in it. I really I thought it was genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. I thought the girls were fantastic. The, the the actresses they picked were perfect. Their comedy and chemistry was actually really good. I liked that. I think it was a few scenes that totally fucked it up for me. Mm. Um, that's interesting, because I really haven't been that interested in watching it, but you've sort of half-sold it to me there. It, it, I genuinely do watch it. Mm. Um, it. It's just, the things that annoyed me is, uh, so, th- there's two main points. One, they go to Ozfest at one point, which is being held in some big place in New York, and a massive ghost thing comes out, and they have to fight in front of the crowd, and blah, blah. Now, 
this is a massive studio. Mm. They could do anything they want. They could get almost any band they want. <laughs> but they, again, I haven't done the research, but judging by the quality of the people on stage, they didn't actually get a band because mm. that guy couldn't sing. That didn't sound like a real song. And it's supposed to be Ozfest. Ozfest have some spectacular bands mm. playing. So, well, usually Ozzy Osbourne or Black and or Black Sabbath. So, yeah, Ozzy does have a cameo in well, it. I was going to say, surely um, they, yeah. But yeah, the band who are on stage at the time, if they are a real band, then fuck you for ever having them, <laughs> ever allowing that to be a real band because it was absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah, and there's a dance number at the end, which is so out. of... Why would you have a massive dance number where? It's basically what, like, like the Ghostbusters dancing. No, what? so um, I won't spoil it for you, but basically, the evil ghost mm-hmm. has a massive group of people captured in the middle of this big. I don't know if it's actually Times Square, but it's. I don't think it is Times Square, but it's somewhere around there. It's central New York in a big piazza type area. Yeah, and basically hypnotizes them all to do a dance. And it's just all of these soldiers who have been hypnotised and instead of attacking the ghost, they're all doing a choreographed dance number. And I was like, why Why do you need that? Why? Mm. Who Who thought this was a good idea? I know they were trying... But the thing is, the jokes are not more adult. But yeah, there are stuff that you wouldn't show to small children mm. who are the people who would be captured by having a load of soldiers Dancing. doing mm. a... 70s dance number in the this isn't just it. your anti dance stance no anti dance stance oh that's a great that's stance. a band name um yeah they're, they're playing Ozfest. <laughs> fucking shit but yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> i see that band but yeah it's, it was dire mm-hmm. um but yeah other than that it was a really good film if they'd cut that bullshit out of it i would have enjoyed it way more mm. um and also it's not a film that I saw, but it is horror-related. So Jennifer and I last night went to a uh, death cafe. One of her friends was hosting it. So if you don't know, a death cafe... Pardon? (laughs) Sorry. Not death. A death cafe (laughs) um, is... It's not like a larger version of a death cubicle. No. (laughs) So basically the idea is that a lot of people as open as we are in today's society, still find death a bit of a taboo to talk with their friends and family about. Mm. So the idea is a lot of people who would like to talk about it and explore it in a larger way. Yeah. But discuss it, (laughs) really. Um, Meet together in a cafe and uh, drink tea and discuss all aspects of death. Mm. Um, this one, however, was held in a pub, uh, which immediately I was like, you know what, it's two hours in a pub. If it's really weird, What's I don't the, know what to yeah. expect. If it's but, proper odd, I'll go to the bar yeah. and I'll wait for it. It's only two hours I can manage that with my phone. Um, it was genuinely really interesting. Mm. Um, they talked about some really interesting topics. Um, so some of the things that they mentioned that I'd not thought about before particularly... Um, so one of them was the fact that you don't... Despite the fact that everyone has a funeral and everybody hates them, you don't... I see Chris going, well, I don't hate them, but nobody likes going to them. 
although everybody does it, it isn't. It, there's no legal requirement, so you could easily just yeah, send your it's body mostly off to a cultural. funeral. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So there was a, an older woman there. She must have been. She's not listening to this. I don't. I'm not going to offend her. She was definitely late sixties, possibly seventies. Her and her husband were both there, and the reason they were there is because they are. They can't discuss death with their daughter. Like, even if they mention the fact they've made a will, she totally wigs out mm. about it. And they were like, well, we've been to... There's a place not far from us called Heron Gate where you can be buried or you can have your ashes scattered or they can literally just wrap you in linen and leave you in a forest so that insects and blah, blah happen and you're just... It's rude. Which is really... Yeah. Um, but what somebody did bring up that was really interesting, which was something I did want to put on the podcast because this is a... This is an informational thing that I think everyone should know because I didn't. Um, they were saying about um, in most households, one or other of the um, uh, of the couple dot do all that paying the bills mm. and have all the bank account details. I don't know any of our bank accounts. I don't know who our gas or electricity is with. I don't know how we pay our mortgage. Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't know how to pay a television license. I just, all these things that just to try and make you look a bit better what do you do <laughs> I take the rubbish out that's I do pretty good. all the DIY that's good um, I close the cupboard door if I open it not bad there you go see perfect I do it yeah yeah I try not to walk mud all over the kitchen floor um, but yeah but Jennifer deals with all that and like they were saying it's one of those things that you don't think about until it's too late and then all of a sudden not mm. only are you grief-stricken, yeah. Yeah, mm. all of a sudden you don't know how to pay anything, yeah. you don't know how to do anything. Which that would be bad enough, you know, if you just suddenly had to do all that yeah. alone. without yeah. actually losing somebody. So yeah, so people, keep a book of everything mm. and how you do it. Also, passwords and things, this is the other thing yeah. I'm saying. Mm. Um, mm. A lot of stuff comes in via email. Everyone's phones are now primarily finger-printed. Mm. Um so if you don't actually know the passcode for your partner's phone or whatever, mm. how would you get in contact with their friends when they pass on? Or well, Claire would probably wait until I was dead, take a series of pictures of me on my own phone, <laughs> and then send them elsewhere. So I don't think we've got to worry about that too much. She'd probably that's... wait until I'm like, you know, I'll be halfway through spewing my guts up. That's one thing you can take, take a picture your... with her. Me in the background, bent over in my pants, throwing up. <laughs> and a picture of her at the front, doing like, a big smile and possibly kawaii sort of Japanese hands. <laughs> so, um, we should use this opportunity to record our some of our uh, will desires. Which the other thing as well. They were they were saying mm. so with your will. Mm. They were saying a lot of couples just go. Well, if I die, you just get everything, didn't you, to the partner? It's not that. But no, it, is, it genuinely isn't no. that simple. No. So if one passes, it, it doesn't. Oh, sorry, guys. I know this isn't exactly. Well, a this is actually exactly. But it, it horror, really, because there's a lot of death in horror. But yeah, they were saying they. It, they they, they all died tonight. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Spoiler alert. Did they have any <laughs> If you've not seen the thing from 1982, 1983. Yeah. There's not a lot of surviving happening. No. no. <laughs> um... Yeah, so it's just something that, as you say, you don't think about, and it's one of those things that if it does happen kind of suddenly... Well, it's nice to bring it up as a public service, I think. Yeah. It's 
you know, just to make people aware, just like, mm. actually, you know, we're, you're listening to the podcast with your loved ones. <laughs> Maybe you'll discuss death. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I think it is well, something everyone should it was one of those think about. When Jennifer said it, I was like, well, that sounds a bit morbid and it's just going to be a load of aged goths and it's going to be a bit weird. But genuinely, it was really interesting. It was a massive cross-section of people. Um, there were people there for, who worked for the NHS. There was a guy there who was a forensic pathologist. There was mm. a guy there who works in life insurance. And he, he said that he now views death as such a calculated thing because it's part of his job that he's kind mm. of detracted from it. Um, so it was really interesting. But yeah, I went to the bar at one point And we all had name badges on because we didn't know each other. Um yeah, and the girl serving me said, I've got to ask you, what's with the name badges? I said, it's a death cafe. She went, what's that? She said, we, we're all strangers and we've all just come together. To, I mean, I know three or four people there, which is why we went, really. Um, but we've all just come to talk about death. She was like, you lot have done nothing but laugh in a massive mm. crowd since you got here. I was like, yeah, it's actually really... It's a really nice thing, which mm. I well, I suppose because you've all come there with that, you've all come there with that in mind, so you know that no one's going to be offended, yeah. affronted, yeah, or uh, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It's not like being at a party and then just kind of <laughs> yeah. But the funniest thing about it, again, <laughs> although I do like the fact that I've just got this vision of there was like you're all sat around there and it's like yeah, I work in life insurance, so I'm. Uh, mortician and everything and there's just one guy in a mask with buttons for eyes going it's just a hobby (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer did say I'm an amateur but but I'm bloody keen (laughs) so can I say I would like my funeral to be as cheap as possible and all the money should be spent on having a big party probably with fireworks do you know what that's a I said this to Adam mm. off air, but I discussed it. And I didn't no one's allowed to cry on coming back to haunt you. <laughs> so the, 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 the older couple who were there, that was what she said. She went, I don't want a funeral. I don't want to spend all that money on cars and flowers and everyone to be depressed for a day. When I go, I want them to send me away and not see me again. It's all dealt with. She wants to go to to this place and say near us, where literally they bury you. I think you can do anything you want there. But I think she said she wants to be buried two foot under with a tree on top of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what she said. I don't want a funeral. If my family want to get together and get a load of wine in and sit around and have a laugh about all the times they've spent me, I'm absolutely up for that. I don't mm-hmm. want them to go and sit in a church and cry for two hours. because no. who's a bit yeah, yeah, she was uh, like, of all of your choices. Yeah, why would you put people through that? Nobody mm-hmm. enjoys it. Right, well, for me, uh, I mean, you've heard this a thousand one times. Like, <laughs> right. Music when you're going in, the end music from the swinging, like the, <laughs> the slower, more jazzy, but slightly mournful one. Um, then Dean is under strict instructions to film the pockets full of fireworks. <laughs> I'm going to be cremated, and as the curtain goes round, I want fire by the crazy world of Arthur Brown. <laughs> so, I reckon we, we should kill you just to have that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to accept that just to make that it's worth it. Yeah. Definitely. Have you heard that thing about um, at funerals though that there's um, oh, I can't remember. It's uh, there's a, a Queen song hmm. that a lot of people request. Who wants to live forever? I think it is. Don't stop me now. No, no, no. <laughs> it's better than that. This has happened quite a few times because apparently on the compilation the next one's another Go one bites the dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, stop! Yeah. 
Not as good as that time when we were playing the British Legion on VE Day and uh, the sound guy left his MP3 player on shuffle to in between bands and Springtime for Hitler came on. <laughs> we had the soundtracks of the producers. <laughs> Oops. All right, we're going to stop that, stop that, stop that. <laughs> um, so, to our main topic, um, mm. as time is whiling away. What a great topic. Yes, so, the thing. Um, I would like to say, before we go any further, and I ask Chris his opinions, I know I've said on the show before, I think I've said on the show before, but I've definitely made it clear to everybody who knows me, um, The Thing, it's a good film, I've always felt it's massively overrated, um, never been a huge fan of it, um, I've decided this evening that the two times I've ever seen it, because I wasn't a massive fan, I've only ever seen it twice, um, I think I, I know the first time I was in poor company, and I don't remember who I was with the second time, but... I found it amazing this time, so I think I probably had a shit time the first time. Mm. I was then begrudging the mm. second time. Yeah, because um, yeah. it evoked that. Yeah, mm. it so evoked I, the previous shitty one. Yeah, so I've not seen it in fifteen years. And when people go, "Oh, the thing's the greatest film ever," I'm like, mm, mm. It's, "It's all right. It's a good film. I wouldn't put it down." But mm. um, yeah, no, I was massively wrong, and I hold my hands up and say I was massively wrong. That was hugely exciting and I loved every moment of it. And actually, before we get to Chris, I will say, this is probably the first time that I've watched it Stone Cold Sober for <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> and yeah, it still works. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not inebriation that helps. It's just cracking. Um, so, Chris. Yeah, so good. Now, the only problem I've got is... I'm slightly worried that that's the last John Carpenter. Do we have any more? There's there's still quite a few more Is to there? go. There yeah. Are. Uh, yeah, there's So there's... so that was the end of the That was the, the Apocalypse trilogy. Yeah, because okay. yeah, we've done yeah, because we did Prince of Darkness yeah. way back mm. in episode 3. Yeah. Um yeah. and we did In the Mouth of Madness Not episode too 23. Long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm. yeah, so 3 and 23 were the uh so yeah, which so we've done the we've done the apocalypse trilogy. And what were the years? Remind me. Um, oh, Prince of well, this is eighty two, so it's really the okay. the first. Yeah. I think mm. Prince of Darkness eighty six, eighty five, maybe a bit later, and then in the Math of Madness, I believe is ninety three, ninety two, mm. ninety So I would not have thought this was that much older. I, I know they certainly seem. You know. the, I was even watching it this time. So we watched Adam's um, Arrow Blu-ray release. I, I fucking love Arrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even even now in full Blu-ray on the mm. biggish screen, it looked phenomenal. Mm. It looked yeah. so good. Uh, the practical effects and everything totally held oh, up. That yeah. even the shots of the the spaceship and stuff just yeah just looked. So so good. It just pissed all over green screen, mm. and it, it it just goes to show, even back then, a, a film back then, yeah, still looks better than a film made five years ago where it's all CGI. Mm. Yeah, and I think because I mean I was because that's the, that was my main worry. I think is because the with Blu-ray, obviously, you've it's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, and so you are. 
thinking that you might get some ropiness or anything else like that. And really, the practical effects, the glass shots, the like, monsters, the monsters, you know, everything. One monster, but oh, yeah. make it a bit different. Oh, a thousand and one monsters. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, the little spider one. Oh, the head. Yeah. yeah. It's such a close, it's such an iconic yeah. image, yeah. isn't it? Oh, it's just because the weird thing is as well is I was I was thinking about the number of versions that I've bought because mm-hmm. I bought it on video and then I bought it on DVD and then finally bought it on Blu-ray. But I think I even had, um, I think I had it on VHS twice. Like I think the one copy went missing, and it's interesting because there's no single image that got used for the cover mm. because I mean there's the poster which actually is not for everyone is. Based, yes, what not for everyone podcasters base their image on, mm. um, with just the light streaming out of the Parker. Yeah, look deep into the Parker. <laughs> and yeah, the, but yeah, the first one I had was the two faces twisted together. You know mm. that they find at the Norway camp. Yeah, and I've then, never seen that as a cover. Yeah, and then my second video was the one where it's the 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 Norris beast that comes out of his stomach. Yeah. And is the sort of on the end of a spindly neck thing. It's just mm. so horrible. It's just it's that uncanny valley thing, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Where it's it's like when the head drops to the floor and then sends out that tendril and is dragging itself towards yeah. the chair. It's it's the idea that it is a head, yeah. but it isn't really. It's the thing that looks yeah. like a head yeah. that's doing something. Oh, there's just something so so unsettling about it as an image. It's absolutely gut churning. And also, I just love the fact you've got stuff in there like, like when it's when it's the huskies, hmm. where like the, the and that and it sort of expands out and then arms come out and it goes into the ceiling and then almost like a flower. Yeah, yeah. It, it, spits out. I'm sure it reminded me of something else. Was it um, that one where they're in the hospital? The, the Void? The Void, yeah. yes. Actually, The Void would Very own similar. a lot of depth to that, I think. Mm. Yeah. And the creature from um, Stranger Things as well, the way that... Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that, that yeah. flower that sort of looking yeah. thing, yeah. Uh. yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's... It's still... It's still very odd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not stuff that... And probably, actually, because of the amount that goes on in it, there's no... Do you know what I mean? It's not like you have a pinhead... Or even a Godzilla. You don't have a specific monster. You never know mm. what it what yeah. it actually is you're fighting at any point. Yeah. And it could and also just the fact it could be because actually the bit I always find the most fucking eerie bit is um when they f- uh, after the sort of attack with the dogs mm. and then oh I'm trying to think of the character's name, but uh the bald guy with the beard and yeah. it takes him uh, it takes him over and it's just the bit where it's out in the it, he's kneeling out in the snow and he's, he's got, got hand. weird um, hands yeah. and then that scream yeah. yeah that even now i've seen the film so many fucking times and even now that's just like oh that gives mm. me the piss shivers it's sort of yeah Ooh. I, I jump this to, again I the, like really the, jumped the like blood. that taste of iron mm. in your mouth mm. yeah where they tested the blood and yeah. because he was talking yeah, he was yeah, yeah they did it, that so it, well so, and literally I leapt out of my seat like, I'm sure I wasn't expecting it to be that person for some reason Like I, I was sort of just 
got used to him testing and each time it's like it's, it's not them yeah, and then the, I just wasn't I'm quite I don't know what <laughs> it's also because there's a lot the, the clever thing is there's so much I mean John Cubs is just a fucking genius but mm. this is like a fucking perfect bit of like filmmaking machinery it's just because the panic yes, is always <laughs> real so like when you've got that bit they're, fo- they're setting fire to the Norris beast and then the head and you know, normally they'd make a big deal of it, but the head's sort of coming off, but everyone's in the background just ah, mm. da, 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 and shouting at each other. And, and no f- one's paying any attention, yeah. and it's coming so slowly. Actually, it falls so slowly down yeah. the side of And then, table. sort of like you're saying, that the t- then the tendril comes out and it sort of just inches along oh, the floor. And oh. yeah, it's just so well done. And, like, and that bit with the where they, they set you up because it's. It's just at the point that McCready's getting a bit confident and he's done a couple mm. and he gets more confident and he's having a pop at Gary. Yeah, while he's, while he's doing yeah. it. And then yeah. it goes and you're like, fuck, because up until that point they've made a bigger thing of yeah. uh, it goes in, the squeak. Yeah. So Even the think... squeak as the little as the uh, piece of copper goes across the glass yeah. and stuff like that. The, yeah. sound, the sound in this is mm-hmm. phenomenal as well. Yeah. Um, also, I think with the blood, I was expecting to see it and it would just sort of move away, not suddenly turn into this big yeah, yeah like thing or whatever. Because, <laughs> again, that's another clever thing they do there, is to get that effect, they've got a mould of Kurt Russell's hand holding, uh, holding a Petri dish and it comes out. But I noticed they use it the one before as well. Oh, really? To so get when it's just an ordinary and nothing... So you've, it's not even, it doesn't even look different to your brain yeah. that second time round that they do it's, it. It's, it's those, so it's, smartly it's, done. It is. It's, those, it's that attention to detail. To, mm. Oh, people might notice that very slight difference. Yeah. So if we put it in in advance, people have spotted it. They've subconsciously yeah. accepted that that isn't going to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then when it hits you, it. Jesus. I think they go. don't don't use that many scare. Um, jump, jump scares scare. either it's no. not it, there's no way like over the top there's a few that could be but yeah that one actually was serious a lot more of it works with the dread as well mm. where it's just sort of like especially like it attacks in the dark yeah and it's just like like the bit with Fuchs where he's just in the um, in the lab and just that mm. as it yeah. walks pa- as something walks past but it doesn't actually attack, it's just sort of there. And, oh yeah. And the mu- musically, because we've said thousands and thousands of times about John Carpenter doing mm. the music, the music in this is Ennio Morricone. And yeah. he is fucking amazing. Yeah. Although he did say about this, John Carpenter came to me and asked me to do a score for it. I did him a full score. He used the bits that sound like John Carpenter. Yeah, so well, I was going to say that I'm sure some of it did sound yeah, similar. But it's uh, but interesting enough, Ennio Morricone, who is like the composer. Mm. I mean, he's done. I think it's like somewhere in the region about 600 films. Jesus. And that incl- I mean, he did like the theme from The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Thousands of westerns and stuff like that. Interestingly enough, he won his first Oscar. For the hateful eight, 
Mm. No. Yeah, he did the music for the Hate Flight. After thirty odd years, um, long, years, longer than that. I mean, he's been going. He he's been going since like the fifties. So he's like. I mean, he's in his. I think he's in his seventies now. Maybe even in his eighties. Mm. He's actually on tour at the moment doing. A, but he, yeah, he. I mean, he brought a lot of weird avant-garde stuff into music, mm. and he does a lot of. As well as being like a standard composer, he can bring in weird shit and he's done electronic, he's done full orchestral, you know, small bands, big bands, everything. And But interestingly enough, The Hateful Eight does feature part of the unused score from The Thing. That's pretty good. And I wonder if that's because it's Kurt Russell in the snow. So, oh, you know... Do you know what? I, mm. I think I'm going to have to watch it. I don't want to... I'm gonna feel dirty. After is it, is like it Tarantino? Yeah, it's actually, it's actually. Oh. I really, I really like it. Yeah. The only thing I would say is that maybe, maybe it's too long. But well, that's the case. That was the, exactly the same with Django. Yeah, yeah actually, Django yeah. should have ended forty minutes before it did. Yeah, I still did really like it. I like Django. I know. Yeah. I love. I love Django, and I, I, I really like the Hateful Eight. I just thought it was a, a really well done. You know, it was just so good. But again, it was just that thing of when I look back on it now, it's like, am I going to watch that again? Because I know yeah. it's like nearly three hours long. Yeah. And like you say with Django, Django ends when Christopher Waltz dies. Yeah. Christoph yeah. Waltz dies, right? Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't and then, need and then there's a, then, then there's more. <laughs> but yeah, maybe so, I should do it with uh, Bone Tomahawk because uh, Kurt oh, Russell. Yeah. Double oh, bill. Yeah. But it would be a five and a half hour double bill. So. Yeah. But I like to think that because the thing, unused score from the thing is in the Hateful Eight as well, because it, it wasn't just unused stuff, he also wrote new stuff for it and everything else like that. But I like to think that's why it won the Oscar. It was like, <laughs> it was like sorry mate, we should have given you that for the thing. Yeah. yeah. Which should have swept the ball at the Oscars. John Carpenter should have been blown every night by a succession of, <laughs> of, of just whoever he wanted. And yeah, it's just. Mind-blowingly good. Mm. And it but, fucked up on... Uh, it was a box office flop. I can't get over that. It's one of the biggest cult films of all time. Mm. He, uh, Most people blame E.T. Oh, yeah, same Because it, came out, it mm. came out the same week as E.T. And they yeah. said, it seems everyone wanted to go and see The Nice Alien. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to take the kids. Yeah, I suppose. Other films, I, I did have a look. Other films that were out around the time. Conan the Barbarian, Dead Men Nowhere Plaid. Hey. Mad Max 2, Rocky 3, Poltergeist, Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan, Blade Runner, Monty Python Live at the Hollywood Bowl, Tron, hell. The Entity, mm. Pink Floyd's The Wall, Annie. There was quite, you know, there were a lot of fucking... That's a serious year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it came out... Um, it, it, number one in the US was Ebony and Ivory with Steve, uh, with Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Mm. Now I don't know nothing, but I don't think that it's gonna, two people living side by side on pianos is not going to solve nothing, right? <laughs> and over here it was Come on Eileen, Dexy's Midnight Runners. So you know, good films, poor songs. Yeah. But there we go. <laughs> Fair enough. I've got to admit, I did have a a proud parent moment um, at the beginning of this film. Yeah. Because although you knew it was him. When John Carpenter's name came up mm. in the opening credits, she went, "Ooh, John Carpenter!" Oh, I know. <laughs> I was it's, like, yeah. so heartwarming. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, uh, well, I, I mean, like when you spotted Landis, yeah. Um, yeah. policing on the uh, on the third man as well. Yeah. Oh, and the boys there. growing up so yeah. fastly. <laughs> a year, a year to, yeah. to almost to date. 
The, the, oh, since it launched, we were recording them three months in advance. Oh, yeah, but yeah. So May the fourteenth be with you. Mm. <laughs> um, the tagline is nice and icky as well. Yes, it is. Man is the warmest place to hide, mm. which is just horrible. <laughs> or dogs. This that dog actor, Jeez, yeah. out of this world. I've never seen an animal perform like that. Because ever, if you ever get the chance, watch that with the commentary because it's Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, and for mm. a start, that is hilarious because <laughs> Kurt is Kurt to his full extreme, <laughs> and they're just a pair of really good old friends having a giggle. But John Carpenter does say about that dog, that dog looks like it's thinking. Yeah, yeah. That dog can do suspicious. Mm. That dog can do. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here. Nothing, nothing to see here. And yeah, that dog always looks quite calculating. It looks... Well, you said, didn't you, where they when they had the dog and they brought the monster thing in, mm. and it had, the dog had a flash on its face of guilt. Mm. Like, yeah, how does yeah. a dog do guilt? Yeah, I know. He's just a. He's also in a film called uh, White Fang. Uh, as well and White Fang too apparently I've heard of it but I've not he, seen it but, but yeah, if he's he, in it I will mm, watch it for that he, dog he's Jed and he's a great husky um, John Carpenter turns up as one of the Norwegians in the footage one of the Swedes yeah oh, really? well, well, yes. <laughs> Norwegians Mac <laughs> and that because um, obviously it's based on it's based on a short story called Who Goes There Yeah. which is and it's fairly close as I recall but it was also adapted into a film called The Thing from Another, another world. world. Which I've got it on a double box of The oh, Thing we, from we, Another oh, World wow. with The Thing. Hmm? Because John Carpenter really loved The Thing from Another World and wanted mm. to. And the bit with the, where they're pegging the flags out by the spaceship really looks like the same scene yeah. in The Thing from Another World where they find the spaceship under the ice. Yeah. But in The Thing from Another World, it's just a big. Frankenstein looking yeah, yeah. sort of monster. Yeah, a monstrous. big square ready bloke. Yeah, because they couldn't do shape shifting and shit like that. And, and obviously, John Cobbler more than fucking made up for that. And it's mm. really slow going. Yeah. Think from I, th- I think it's just, it's, it's a 50s beat. Yeah. 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 But I mean, if we don't mention Rob Bottin, we're scum. Because it's him <laughs> who's in charge of the, the special effects. Okay. And he was, mm. I believe. I think he came off of... Basically, he was meant to be doing something else with... Um, who's the guy who did American Werewolf? Rick Baker. Rick Baker. I think he was meant to be doing something... Like, Rick Baker was meant to do the thing, but then Rick Baker was doing something else, so he said, I'll send Rob Bottin, who's my protégé. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, fuck me. It's I mean, just, knocked it out of the park, mate. Sure. It couldn't be more realistic looking. It's mm. absolutely... Every every creature, every movement, every... And how do you do that? How do you say, I want a thing that's a dog that turns into yeah. a big scullish beast and then a flower thing comes... And then a mouth comes out of it. Yeah. And, and mm. to just produce that out of nothing. And all the textures look real. It's, mm. it's just I mean, like phenomenal. The, the, the autopsies look... Gross. Yeah, yeah, and they like as they should be because I mean obviously everyone because I mean I have to say a fucking great cast as well like everyone mm. in it just sells it. Yeah, yeah. There's no weak links or anything else like that. Everyone just feels exactly fucking right. And again, you don't really get 
to know much about them, but you feel you know they're a team. You feel that they yeah. know. Do you know what I mean? They they feel. But not too close. That's the thing. It is yeah. like a real team of people. It's a working relationship. Yeah. They've come yeah. from. They're not really friends. They all just work together. It yeah. is like a proper working office type environment yeah. where you know you've got a couple of people who really actually like each other, and everybody else is just well. He does this and he does it again, yeah. and it just feels so completely genuine. And, and yeah. it was I was trying to work out that it, like it's a research outpost. Yeah. There's a sense of a, a bit of a American army base, yeah, yeah, especially with the entertainment, you know, that like they're playing poker and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but yeah, that, that was that was great. I, th- I think I mean it's it's clearly just a, a research station because you've got yeah because they don't actually go too far into it. No, it's never explained why mm. they're really there. No. But I mean, obviously, you've got you've. I mean, it seems scientific just because of the number of doctors you've got. Because mm. you've got Blair and Copper, who's a, obviously clearly more a medical doctor. Yeah. yeah, who's there as their medic? You've got pilots and so on and so forth. So and a dog handler. Yeah. Mm. So it's so so Clark, who, uh, as you pointed out correctly, as soon as he came in, what three minutes into the film, yeah. and you went, "Oh, look, it's Pinball Bobby." Yeah. I think I think what we'll do is we'll refilm the thing, and he gets to, he's Clark. We'll have to let Adam be Kurt Russell because he will kick up a fucking stink if he's not allowed to be Kurt Russell. Um, you know, I I was thinking I don't know I'm either Charles or Blair really I don't know. Yeah, no, you, you, yeah. I'll be the dog. You'll be the dog. <laughs> You look guilty. I look guilty you yeah. look really guilty at the moment. I can do that well. But yeah, I mean, there's sort of. And I'll be the chopper. Oi. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, the Norwegian with a gun is the producer. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's also in. He's produced loads of films, but he's also in Apocalypse Now. Again, credited as soldier hanging off the side of a helicopter. So he obviously just <laughs> likes doing that. I say, you pointed out as well that. That um, the shot where he's running through the snow and he's he's just fired the gun at the dog and caught the guy in the leg, mm. um, yeah, and the uh, he gets shot in the eye. Yeah, yeah, his fall is mm. so yeah. believable. And I think even like when they go to the Norwegian camp and everything, that you know that looks proper. That's eerie. Mm. That's the sets really, and everything yeah. in this are just. I, I, I'd completely forgotten about them building another saucer under the ice. Yes. I was going to check that. So how how did that work? So they put him in like an outhouse. Yeah. But there was a vice and stuff in there. So it was obviously their workshop. It was their tool shed. Yeah. He says says it, yeah. But it did look like he'd built a lot. Well, he had been in there for... Yeah. Because the thing was, although it... Also, remember, he's a thing. So he could technically become several things. Yeah. Mm. I suppose. He, okay. They did say, you remember, he locked him in there, and what felt like five minutes later to us, mm. um, Kurt Russell did say, the, oh, the storm's going to be setting in the next eight hours or whatever, mm. and then the next thing when he was recording, he said, the storm's been here for 48 hours. Mm. So he was down oh, there yeah. for like a week or something. Like yeah. He was down there for some time, okay. and then just left him. Although it had only been a what felt like possibly yeah. a couple of hours... I think the idea is it was a lot more stretched out than we... All right. And why was there a noose in there? 
I think that was just sheer bloody humour. Yeah, yeah. So I just love that. That actually, yeah, I think I'll be Blair just for the bit where it just opens the thing. That's one thing I will question. Why has your tool shed got a little flap to look at your prisma? But yeah, just where he's sitting there with the noose. But I feel fine now. I'm all good. He's in cocoon. Mm. Yes, he is. Yes, I, what was the? Yeah, I found uh, he was in Cocoon and he's in Ewoks Battle for Endor. Yes, and Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Yes, he he's um, yeah, I loved Cocoon. I remember seeing that as a child and just being. That was another one of those ones where I'd put it on over and over again. Mm. And I nice aliens, very little about it. That's now. that's nice aliens. Oh, they're pretty the, weird. The eighties went sort of half and half. A nice alien, evil alien. Nice alien, <laughs> evil alien. Uh, not to be confused with the film Evil Aliens, which is not much cop. Emily Booth's beautiful, but it's not much cop. <laughs> Keith David, who's Charles, is also in They Live. Obviously, he is in that big fight sequence. Oh yes. Also, he's in Dead Presidents, Requiem for a Dream, Pitch Black, Chronicles Riddick, Clockers, Platoon. But he's really famous for he's like because I mean he has got a cool voice. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, he does loads of voiceover work. He's the president in Rick and Morty. Mm. No, really. Yeah. And once you know that, it's like, yeah, that clearly is the Obviously, president. Yeah. And he's the cat in Coraline. Oh my god, I really enjoyed Coraline. It's a great film. He's Black Panther in a Fantastic Four, like 90s animated Fantastic Four, and Spawn in an animated Spawn. Oh, he would be perfect to Spawn. And he's Dr. Facilia in The Princess and the Frog, which is a very good Disney film that's well worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a song, because he's basically Baron Samady in it. And he has a song called I've Got Friends on the Other Side, <laughs> and it's really good. He's a fucking good singer. Having mentioned Disney, uh, following our previous episode um, with uh, Terry Thomas, mm. um, I did go and watch the Disney Robin Hood, where he plays the, the snake. The snake. Um, Silly serpent. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's great, isn't it? I watched it on my own, and I yeah. I, the I, bit I, where he kisses his hand and he's just got all the jewels <laughs> in his teeth. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, but it was funny because the guy who played the, who played Little John, as soon as mm. I heard his voice, I was like, "That's below." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, I uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. good. And, and then I I followed that up with uh, another Terry Thomas film. Um, I watched I'm All Right, Jack. Yeah, it's, oh, that's a great film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, Peter Sellers is brilliant in that. He was, yeah. yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, no, well worth checking out this, uh, the Princess and the Frog because it's the it's that story, but it's all done in like um, Louisiana. Oh, so you've got loads of jazz and sort of really nice sort of yeah, that's New Orleans right sort of up my street. It's it's really it's really good because um, that was another one where Claire said we watched that and then I spent. Ten minutes, just going. I fucking know that voice. I fucking know that. Looks at Keith David. Of course, it fucking is. <laughs> also, um, Bennings was the guy whose name I couldn't remember earlier. Yeah, he's Doctor Pill in Requiem for a Dream. Do you know what? I've seen mm. that film once, twenty, well, probably fifteen years ago, and I, I never need to see that. Now, John Carpenter did reveal, because obviously the ambiguousness of the ending. Yes, is anyone a thing? Mm. John Carpenter said, if you look, 
Childs doesn't breathe. Yes. But he does at one point. Yeah, right near the end, you just see a breath. But Dean Cundy, who, let's face it, uh, he's a regular, uh, he's John Carpenter's re- regular director of photography, mm. and also Cundy sounds a bit rude. Um, <laughs> but um, he said that there's a clue in there as well, is that whenever someone's the thing, they don't put pin lights in their eyes. You know, like when you're watching something and there's just like a reflection yeah. in the eye? Anyone who's the thing doesn't have, doesn't it. have it, and Charles doesn't. So he mm. is. Yeah. Wow. Because they said they did it for the... Because I watched it this time going, right, I'm fucking clocking that. Especially because, like, big screen and everything. Yeah. In the uh, blood sequence, everyone's got lights in their eyes except for Palmer. Wow. Mm. And it's like, right, I've spotted that now. And I, I like thought, that. Yeah. And it's a, just a... Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so, <laughs> with the discussion of that over... We now have the mystery envelope. Yeah, Claire gave me a mystery envelope to be opened on air. Claire, if this is a note telling me that you're leaving me, tough shit. (laughs) I'm bedded in like a tick. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, what's going on in here then? Got a letter opener, I should have given him a letter opener. It's way more interesting to see him try and do that. (laughs) Oh, bless her. I give Welcome to Horror five thumbs up, says Whitley Streamer. <laughs> that is excellent. Happy first birthday. Yay. Oh. Well, That's what she bought on Bloody Zazzle. She was being secretive. <laughs> wow. Oh, I will post a picture, should, obviously. Yeah. I give Welcome to Horror five thumbs up, brackets, my arsehole. <laughs> Isn't that a thing of beauty? A birthday Excellent. card for yeah. the podcast. That's phenomenal. Oh, thank, thank you, beautiful. Thank you, Claire. You are thank truly you, amazing. <laughs> well, with birthdays in the air, and obviously, uh, I well, due to another birthday in the air, I will be. I probably won't see you next week, Mister Lee. No. I have your birthday present here. Ooh. I obviously have Chris's birthday present here. I apologise, Chris, that it seems to be this is. Apparently, this is Amazon's wrapping. Mm. Um, kind of looks like a hot water bowl, but it's not. I think that's an that's, awesome that's little lovely. bag. You yeah. can use that for so many things. And one for but, you, Mr. Lee. Thank, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's lovely. So, thank you. Yes. Uh, wow. Yes. So, if you'd like to open and see your prizes. Oh, yeah. you, sir. That is benefit, really cool. For the yeah. benefits of the take, Chris is undoing a green. Have you taken a picture this, of it before this, you... Uh, uh, no. Nah, nah, stuff it. See, I like you narrating. Ah. I've never had someone Chris narrate you while... Chris placed his hand within the sack. <laughs> Snap! As the mousetrap closed. Oh. Oh. Oh, they wrapped it inside and all. Listen to the tearing people. Mind the candle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's creedy, this, mate. Whoa. Communion, oh, nice. a true story, the classic account of alien encounter, Whitley Strieber. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. There's a theme to this birthday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> apparently so, yeah. Unknowingly as well, which is even more um, Unknowingly, yes. So I thought, because I, I know you don't know who... I know that every so often we bring up Whitley, he confuses you. Yes, <laughs> so I, I will can, never be confused. Yeah, again. you can know you can know about Whitley Strieber and his delicious arsehole. I'm convinced that he's telling the truth. W. S. Burroughs, author of the Naked 
lunch. Yes. That's William yeah, Burroughs, yeah. 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 yeah the, if I've done enough Burrows. smackers in, I'd believe William Burroughs, yeah. <laughs> Burroughs, Burroughs. 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 Mm. Excellent. Yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Happy birthday, sir. Oh. Right, right. I shall right. do the honours. This comes with a little bookmark as well, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Vintage and rare paperbacks. Yes. Yeah, yours... PG Bloodhouse, it says, so... Yeah. Big shout-out to... PG Bloodhouse, I love you, and there's nothing more to be said. But go and, go and look up PG Bloodhouse on Etsy and Instagram, because... Oh, just oh, on Etsy. Some amazing uh, books are available. I don't know why Paul's there. I'm mm. trying to think of another word for book, and it was like, well, book will do, <laughs> wouldn't it? Tome? Mm. Yes. Beautiful tomes. Produced now and exclusively. Lee unwrapped the brown Ooh. wrapping. That's very sexy. What in the world? Oh, wow. What is it? It's the Monster Club. It says, from the author of Beyond the Grave. So I'm assuming this is going to be a sexy, sexy um, anthology book. Yeah. That it's, looks pretty serious. It's the R. Chetwin Haynes uh, oh, stories that formed the Monster Club. Holy mm. shit, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. Read it out. Yeah, so it's... Um, so the Monster Club, we've not... You haven't no, seen the Monster Club yet. No, that's to come. Oh, dude, wait until you see it. So, it's an anthology story um, about an author um, who... Uh, basically, he bumps into a guy in the street who he thinks is drunk or starving or is played by Vincent Price. Mm. Um, and the uh, author is played by John Carradine. And he says to him... Oh, is there anything I can do to help you? So Vincent Price says, it's funny you say that. Pulls his fangs out, gives him a quick bite. Mm. And then says, you've saved me. I was a vampire. I was starving. Mm. Let me take you to the Monster Club. So they go off to the Monster Club where he's, meet. where he meets all the monsters and finds out about the monsters and the um, uh, what happens with monster interbreeding. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, and it's... What what does it mean? Monster interbreeding. Oh, there's a whole chart. Yeah, yeah. I have so, a whole chart well, where a, a ghoul is and it? A, a, a ghoul and a werewolf is a were a ghoul and yeah, Maddie and a shaddy, <laughs> and then becomes a shadmuck, but they only whistle. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's mm. amazingly good. So. Holy crap! There must be a bit of a comedy, isn't it? Oh, oh it's yeah, yeah, big time. It was. Um, I think it was at the time they were sort of thinking of marketing it as for kids. Mm. But I think it, it had. Did you know that? Monster Club was. Uh, I do, but it's. Because it's got that comedy soft touch to it. Yes. But I think the horror element is possibly a bit. I think it's strong. a bit. Strong. Yeah, I think it's much more than it would be. If it, do you know what I mean? Certainly would come up on our Ask Welcome to Horror mm. special. Yes. Something like that, yeah. where it was originally designed. I mean, actually, The Fog was originally meant to be like a young adult movie. It's funny because I always mixed up The really? Fog with The Thing. Yeah. Oh, but really? I think it was just. I never saw either of them. The, the Thing was going to be mm. like. I think The Thing was meant to be. You need to see The Fog. Yeah. 
But I think the fog was meant to be like a ghost story. Mm. And then, it, well, it is a ghost story, but yeah. But it gets way, way out of hand beyond yeah. anywhere where you'd let a child in anywhere near. Thank you so much, Adam. That is absolutely amazing. God bless you, sir. Mm. That God is... bless both of you. Oh, God bless. And oh. the best of British. <laughs> you are an absolute Instead of God star, bless, shouldn't be like devil. Yeah. Yeah. Hail Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hail Satan. I'm always up for Hail Satan. Without a doubt. Yeah, so PG Bloodhouse. Um, like, I think I've heard of PG Woodhouse. Go and check those guys out. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. This book is absolutely amazing. It's, yeah, it's, um, I've been, I bought a penguin book about nuclear war off him. <laughs> there's some, there's some really, really good, um, he put some really, really good stuff up. And, Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that is quite mm. a place of my book collection now. And the Simon Anstel thing was called Carnage. Uh, oh, okay. Is it on Netflix or anything? Uh, I think it's big, I think it's our player. Oh, I think it was okay. like, you know, sort of occasionally, I think it was meant to be it was going to be BBC Three and then BBC Three's online. Yeah, yeah, cool. So essentially it's iPlayer. So, yeah. so when was it? Um, uh, Carnage was like, two, I think it came out 2017. Okay. But yeah, well worth a watch just from the sci-fi angle, really, as much as the vegetarianism. I really, the veganism. Like, I really mm. like Simon Amstel. I mm. think he's... Um, I, I wouldn't I have expected you to like him, him because necessarily. Well... Because he's a vegan, he's a vegan. Oh, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he's also quite, he rips into people quite ruthlessly, but in a sort of, you know, you can't really get angry at him. Although, did, one guy did, didn't he? He stormed off, was it, never mind the buzzcocks. Oh, yeah, it was... Um, uh, Not Justin Bieber. No, but, it was a guy from, oh, no, blimey, like they get him. Well, it, it, was, it was, no, it was... Wasn't it someone like, from... It was the Ordinary Boys or boy something. Band. Oh, like, yes, yeah. yes, but, I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because appa- actually, apparently, Thingy uh, walks off as well. Mm. Uh, Lemmy. Oh, really? Mm. Lemmy walks off because you know they do the they used to do the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Where it was one of these people is from a band or whatever like yeah. that. And apparently, Lemmy just got pissed off because he was like, "Yeah, he just sat there taking a piss out of this <laughs> poor woman," and I just thought, "Fuck you." <laughs> and he walked off, but they edited it so it looked like he was still on there. Mm. Ah. So yeah, there's like, but yeah, he walked off halfway through. Interesting. He was given a gold disc by Manny from Primal Screen, though. Well, Manny was with Primal Screen at the time because they got they sold they covered Motorhead the song Motorhead by Hawkwind hmm. on Vanishing Point, oh. and so he presented him with a gold disc. And uh, but yeah, and then later on, Lemmy stormed off. But I kind of think, in a weird way, you know, if Lemmy's Lemmy's your last bastion of decency. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't. He was like, no, I thought it was cruel. I'm not having it. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell, you know. If Lemmy's going to be like the voice of reason, maybe you are going to be fine. Yeah, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So, thanks everyone for listening. Um, you know where to find us. Uh, you can email us at info at welcometorrow.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at welcometorrow.com, Instagram at welcometorrow.com, um, or message us below on SoundCloud. Um, thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to send in your hashtag Ask Welcome to Horror questions um, and we will be answering them on the episodes subsequently. Thanks very much. Good night. Night. Night.